0: okay what's up everybody welcome to the one before i die podcast welcome back episode 147 here um back for another episode back to talk a little more preseason football bills played their second preseason game two out of three down a week in between the third and then the first week of the nfl season against the rams begins so um inching closer and closer every week that we come on here to speak and then uh college football actually begins this upcoming weekend as well week zero so um this, this past weekend was the last weekend without any, you know, real meaningful football games. Not sure if anyone out there listening is huge in the college football game. Um, but you know, nonetheless, you'll be able to throw that on. And, uh, from here on out, it looks like we're going to be, you know, rocking with some football every weekend until, uh, until it ends, you know, next year, end of February. Um, so obviously looking forward to that, uh, sitting here on a rainy day in New York on Monday and, um, just a couple of announcements were made by the Bills, you know, yesterday as you guys are listening to this in terms of personnel on the team. So uh, we'll go over, you know, the the game against the Broncos on Saturday, which the Bills absolutely stomped the Broncos 10th preseason win in a row. Haven't lost a preseason game since 2017. Um, and then also the Bills, like I said, make a few, uh, you know, roster moves and a couple moves around the league that we'll dive into and talk about a little bit as well. Um, but without further ado, before we get into all that, we'll introduce Ethan, as always so ethan how you doing
1: i'm doing all right you know getting getting closer to uh football season here i know we're in preseason mode but i'm sick of preseason already i know it's only 2 weeks in pre like you know the first preseason game seems pretty cool right cuz football's finally back but I, it gets so old so fast you know and you're just itching for that that first taste of actual football and you can you can never get there at preseason right like that's how yeah. i feel so i'm yeah. i'm just ready for these next couple weeks to go by because i'm you know i'm getting the butterflies going for the season like we talked you saw josh allen a little bit this past weekend but it's probably the this, i don't i'm guessing we're not going to see him again until you know opening kickoff thursday night football in la so yeah. i'm ready for i'm ready for football to get going here
0: yeah i'd be surprised if we see allen again and like you said i mean preseason's one thing it's like you know, the first the first week of preseason rolls around the Hall of Fame game and everyone kind of, you know, all hyped up because, you know, they always say, you know, football is finally back here. Now we got, you know, actual games going on. But as soon as that first snap goes and you realize, like, this game is just going to be kind of garbage, it's it kind of, you know, you realize you got to wait another three, four actual weeks for actual football. Like, everyone gets so, you know, excited about it and, you know, preseason's here. But then, like, you watch the game and you're like, this is why it just, you know, we're not actually really back into football until week one of the actual season. And I'm sure there's a lot of bills podcasts out there um, that, you know, do a lot of deep dives into these preseason games and a lot of, you know, they, they try to, you know, read into these, you know, second, third teamers, and they do a big analytical deep dive, um, you know, that's not our style to be honest like the preseason games you know if you're if you're gonna talk about it i mean ethan and i to be completely transparent here didn't even catch a lick of this game on saturday i mean i watched some of the highlights um but i mean that's just not you know the type of guys we are where we're gonna sit down and really dive deep into you know a, a full four-quarter preseason game where you know the starters are playing one series so i'm completely with you like it's always that big buildup after the long dreadful summer with no sports except for baseball. Right. You hear preseason, you get the schedule out and, you know, the, it's the day before the bills first preseason game and you're all ramped up and then you turn on the game and it's just not, you know, it's not what you signed up for. So, um, a couple more weeks of the real thing. We will talk about this game on Saturday a little bit and I'm sure, um, uh, and and there was, you know, obviously some exciting plays with Allen playing, but again, he only played one series. So, um, I mean, we'll talk about it for a little bit. But again, you know, I'm not like a huge preseason guy. And so, uh, you know, Bills did win 42 to 15, an absolute stomping. Um, you know, you can't really read too far into it. Uh, you know, like I said, it is their 10th preseason win of all time. Another stat that doesn't really matter. Um, but, I mean, I think just the main thing to talk about in this game is that one drive with Allen and the starters. And I know I think the starters played a little bit after Allen with Keenum um, talking about the offense here. Uh, but, but last week we did talk about, you know, we said, do we think we're going to see Allen? Do you think we're going to see any of the starters this preseason? And I think I brought up the point where, you know, maybe McDermott wants to see some flow in his team before the game, you know, won against the Rams because week one, the offense looked awful, right? Week one, Keenum couldn't get it going um it, you know four turnovers in a row and so i i was, I was like hey maybe the reason they we, we would see the starters is that maybe they just need to see something on paper or uh, on the field before week one against the Rams, so they know that they can get in a groove and you're not super super rusty um when you go out week one and so that's the decision they made i'm pretty sure mcdermott like his reasoning was was pretty much that is that like he needed to get see the offense in a groove so honestly i kind of nailed that one um but yeah they played one series and and i mean Allen looked good. I mean, I watched the, I didn't watch the game in real time. I watched the highlights and all you, really, all you really needed to see was the 30 yard touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. Like it was just like, kind of like one of those snap back to reality moments. Like this guy is still really good at football. Talking about Allen, talking about Davis. Um, I know Singletary had a pretty nice, you know, couple of carries on that drive as well. But I mean, that, that play just encompasses, you know, what we know about Josh Allen. And it seems like he's already in midseason form does a little like spin around in the pocket, throws an absolute dart 30 yards down the field. Davis in the end zone, and you know they picked up right where they left off. So I mean that drive was absolutely electric, um and it was good to see. But then other than that, I mean it was just some more preseason football. uh Before I get ahead of myself, I mean let's get your thoughts on that, and uh, I guess just seeing Allen in that in that series.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean I I think I don't really have much to add there. Like you're talking about <laughs> with the uh with the offense <laughs> last week, it's like the guys just needed to see the ball go in the hoop. They seen you see yeah. the ball go in the cup, right? You've been talking about. How good this team is going to be offensively How good Josh Allen's going to be You know you got you got Most of the offense back and then you're adding An OJ Howard You're adding a James, uh, James Cook You're losing Beasley but you still got Jamison Crowder And then you're talking about this uh, You know Khalil Shakir Coming in and everybody's Super high on him so this offense has got so much You know so much going for it And then to put up the stinker Like that we talked about last week you're right. Like the offense just needed to get out there to, I think you know, like we talked about, just you know toss the pigskin around a little bit, show the fans that we're going to be in a high powered offense. That this is you know a second teamer. They did just that. Um, you know I don't think everybody. I, I think I saw that uh, I, that Allen touch that Allen to Gabriel Davis touchdown posted by so many different accounts on Twitter, not just Bills accounts. Like you saw, like you know NFL Network or you know, just general like ESPN, you know, analysts just posted it being like, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's still got it. Like he's not going anywhere. It was a textbook Allen touchdown too, right? Where he's, you know, running around a little bit in the pocket, taking his time and then just launching a deep ball down the field. And, um, you know, Gabriel Davis, I mean, unbelievable catch. The guy's going to be a stud this year. And we've talked about that uh, a few different times now. Last year I said he was good he was my X factor when we did our season preview and he had a slow start last year right like he was kind of you a non-factor year, maybe
0: you were one year off
1: I, that's what I was going to say I think I was one year off because now I think everybody's picking him to be the X factor right like fantasy football wise he's getting a lot of hype like he's going <laughs> to be um I don't like I feel like he's going to be that like fourth fifth round pick that just has the potential to just go off this year right so Gabriel Davis' looking good Allen's looking good I was golfing during the thing so like hand up whatever I'm saying right now is just for me piecing things together so it's not like yeah. I, like you were talking about I wasn't sitting in front of my TV watching every play on Saturday but from what I'm seeing it looked like Keenum even had a little bit of a bounce back too after Josh Allen came out too so maybe yeah. that was well, that, that's that... good like hopefully it doesn't matter that we because we're not going to really even see Keenum this year if everything goes according to plan but at least yeah. that's a little encouraging.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was just going to say because last weekend, that's kind of the main thing we hit on was that you know it was a problem that the backup QBs didn't really look very very good and the offense looked sluggish. Like we were kind of, you know, if there's one thing to talk about here is that's the one thing we were saying last week is we were hammering home how much of, you know, this might be an issue with the way Allen plays. And um, so if there's one thing to talk about this game is, you know, like you said, both you and I didn't get to see much of it or, or you know, much of it at all. Um, but they won 42 to 15 and Allen played one series. So basic maths telling you that they're scoring the ball with the, you know, Keenum and Allen not in there. So I think maybe a big part of it was when Keenum played last week, like literally none of the starters were playing. And so maybe that's a little tough on him. Like I said, Allen came out and I was watching the highlights today just to kind of get my bearings on what went down. And, you know, Davis was in the next series and Diggs was in the next series with Keenum. And so like, that's probably a huge factor to it. And Keenum looked a hell of a lot better. Um, 16 of 18, 192 yards and a touchdown for Keenum was the stat line. So it's a little bit more encouraging to see him, um, you know, play a little bit better and it's probably good for his confidence and just, you know, him going into the season. Cause like, again, we talked about it last week where if Allen does inevitably, or I don't want to say inevitably, but if he does go down for a game or two, like Keenum's gonna have to step in and, and maybe for him, after that game last week, turning the ball over four, four series in a row, he's obviously not feeling good. He turns it around. He gets some uh, some momentum going in this game. So that, that was all good there. The question I actually had, I don't want to just keep rambling about the game because, like, you know, I keep saying we didn't watch much of it. I want to just give out false information. But the one thing I did have a question about just, you know, reading stuff on Twitter, seeing it in the highlights, too, is this offensive lineman right tackle Queensberry, which I don't know where he came from. I don't know. I didn't hear about him in the off season at all. I don't know if you have the answer to this at all, but I've been seeing that he might be even the starting right tackle over Spencer Brown, which was a complete surprise to me seeing that um, like on Twitter today and, and people saying that he might get the nod over Brown. Um, So I don't know if you have any idea who he is. First time I've ever heard of him was today when I was watching highlights and, you know, going through Twitter, like, you know, if you want to crucify me and saying I'm a bad fan for not knowing who he is, like, go for it. I don't care. I'm just being completely honest with you. And, like, this guy might be the starting right tackle. Do you know anything about this?
1: I mean, we signed him in the offseason from the Titans.
0: So we signed him and Saffold from the yes. Titans?
1: We signed him in April of this year on a one-year deal. Um, he was in the he was a Titans starting right tackle all of last year.
0: Okay. Interesting. So, I mean, is he going to start like, uh, I mean, Brown, how uh, Brown played unreal last year? Like, yeah, I've been, I've been, I don't know. It's
1: going to be interesting. I mean, I think it's a good problem to have. Right. Um, looking at here, he's 31 years old and he's kind of been like a journeyman. He's never, he's been waived a couple of times. He's been on the, he was on the Titans practice squad for a bit. And then he finally was named a starter last year. So, he's really only been a starter full-time for one year, and he's 31. Um, I don't know. Offensive linemen are weird, right? Like, Bates kind of was like that too, right? Like, he was kind of an NFL journeyman, and then all of a sudden he comes in last year after no, Feliciano gets
0: hurt. That's not – Bates wasn't a journeyman at all. He got drafted by the Bills. He's like 24 years old.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Like, But, I mean, he he wasn't like –
0: he just never really get his. He was still young. He never got his chance. And then he got his chance, and he and he. Took but, I mean, he I think like this is a around a little different bit. Scen- yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Let me pump the brakes there. It's definitely yeah, a different it's scenario. Completely
0: different scenario. What do you mean? But I just, think, I just think I just think
1: offensive linemen are weird in that sense, where like some of them just don't develop. I don't know. They're kind of like goalies in hockey, in a sense. You know, some of them just take a little bit to develop. Some of them never pan out. All
0: right, hold on. <laughs> I'm just asking you if you know anything about this Queensberry guy and like, and if he, it, it. I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You don't have to try to make something up over there. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying like, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe this is Queensberry's breakout year. You know, he started every year. All right. I'm just, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm what just, I'm reading about Spencer Brown is that he's having a lot of trouble in the past, pro.
0: Okay, there you go. That's something that I didn't know. See, I, I I didn't know anything about the O line. Didn't know about the Queensbury guy. Haven't heard anything about Spencer Brown. So maybe that's the real thing. Is there that Spencer Brown's been having a little bit of an issue so far to start out preseason in camp. Um, but I guess we'll see. I I don't know. We'll I guess we'll see who the starter is come come real regular season week one. <laughs> don't sleep on
1: Queensbury. He's kind of um, like. A- you know, he's like, maybe like a Vasilevsky type, you know, maybe takes a little bit more time. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess moving on from Queensberry, that settled nothing. Um, the other news that happened, speaking of offensive linemen, I guess we'll talk about this first. Uh, Cody Ford announced traded to the Arizona Cardinals. And I believe what was it for? It's for a fifth round pick, if yep. I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about, right? Because we get this Queensberry guy looks like he might be a starter. You obviously still have Spencer Brown. Maybe the Bills are thinking all right, well we don't really have a need for Cody Ford anymore who wasn't going to start anyway, who's been, you know, having some trouble on the team the past couple of years after coming in pretty high and you know looking like a pretty promising guy for the Bills and then kind of had his struggles, got injured, um and now like we just said, you know, the Bills have been signing these linemen, Spencer Brown kind of came out of nowhere after drafting him as a rookie. Uh Bates, you know, finally got his sh- his shot to shine and to be honest, like there wasn't really going to be a lot of room for Ford. So, I mean, for a fifth round pick, I mean, where do we draft Ford in originally? I think it was maybe around that. Maybe was it the second or third round second?
1: I think he was a second round pick. I'll double check that. But I, I think he, was, if he wasn't a second, he was definitely a third.
0: Yeah. So, he, I mean, he was a little bit higher up in the draft. So it's it, obviously, you know, his value is decreasing now ever since he's been in the league, hasn't played as much. Like he's not going to be obviously worth that, that high of a pick. So to get second a round. Round, second round pick. So to get a fifth round out of him right now, like I don't really have any complaints here. Um, It's for the I, next all year's I gotta draft say too. Is like and, Well, well, real quick. Like all I got to say is like, it's for next year's draft 2023. Um, We don't really have the need for four within the next few years. And we've been kind of hit like bean has been a master in the draft so far. And we've been hitting on these fifth round that's, picks. That's what I was going to say so it, don't it sleep a on a fifth round
1: pick like everybody's gonna right. it, it might seem like a little bit of a nothing trade now i mean look at fifth round next
0: year it's not like it's the you know it's not like it's a fifth rounder in 2025 or something
1: Oh yeah and then look look at who he's drafting in the in the fifth round like shakir was a fifth round pick right yeah obviously he hasn't played yet so he could turn out to be nothing but every i mean everybody's really high on him gabriel davis was a fourth round pick um isaiah Hodgins, who's apparently looking really good in, in camp this year, fifth round pick, my boy, Matt Milano, fifth round pick. Yep. Like there you can get some studs in the fifth round and beans kind of hit on those mid, mid to late round picks. So don't sleep on, you know, yeah, it's a fifth round pick, but I mean, you could get a good player there.
0: Sure. And I think it just comes back to like, we did, we didn't really, Ford wasn't really in the future plans anyway. Like maybe he's going to go over to Arizona and start right away. I don't know. They're, they're, their deal on the O line right now, but he could, you know, maybe fit in and have a, have a nice offensive career for them. So, um, I'm fine with it again. Didn't really fit with what we were going with right now. We have a plethora of offensive linemen. I think, I mean, we always say it's, you know, there's never enough offensive linemen on the team. So maybe that's one part of it. That stinks is that we're losing a a depth guy, you know, when inevitably all linemen are going to go down. But in the grand scheme of things, I think we can do a lot with the fifth round pick. I think we've seen it, like you said. So, um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I I'm, I guess I'm looking forward to who that pick will be next year. But uh, moving on, the other news that came out where the Bills didn't make a few cuts, um, you know, heading in, they got to dwindle their roster down. Um, and it was the cuts that were made yesterday, Tavon Austin. So the, the wide receiver that came in, the veteran, um, I don't know if a lot of people were penciling him to make the team to begin with, but he was, I think he was kind of a long shot, especially, you know, as Ethan just brought up with, you know, Shakir coming in and let him looking good, the signing of Crowder, McKenzie with a bigger role. Um, just wanted to give him a chance, I guess, to see what he could prove. I didn't, you know, see much of him. I didn't, you know, wasn't able to go to camp to see him. Um, but, you know, I guess he just didn't cut it. So Tavon Austin got the, got the chop. And then, the other one, the punning battle has been finalized. Matt Hack has been cut. So it looks like the rookie punter Ariza, Ariza, don't know how to pronounce his name exactly, um, but looks like he has won the pump battle. So don't know if you have anything else to add on that, but um, I, I don't know. From my perspective, I guess I'm just ready to see this guy, this punter kind of in action. I mean, he's got an absolute boot. Um, you know, Hack I am, but bit, I'm not. Hack was a little bit frustrating last year. So, I mean, I think everybody was expecting this, this cut to come at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm ex- I'm excited because everybody's hyping him up, but I don't want to see him on the field, you know. And I'm not trying to punt this year, so I'm just yeah, hoping that yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping that he's a good holder.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's the, also the the other buzz, you know, thing going around is talking about the punters and the holding. I, I don't know. I think he's, he's been doing fine in the preseason so far. I, I guess they wouldn't. They wouldn't just do. I think that was the big thing, right? Is like they wouldn't, if they're confident in him being the holder, then that's why, you know, they're, they're fine with him being the punter. So, um, but yeah, those were the cuts that were made. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else on like Tavon Austin or anything, or I don't, uh, that was the only moves that were made, right? The Cody Ford trade and then those two cuts.
1: Yeah. Um, Tavon Austin non-factor for me. I didn't, i like barely even saw him play. So kind of washed up. Didn't really think he was going to make the roster with how stacked we are at wide right receiver, how, how many players we just have. And You'd like to think that one of these young guys is going to beat out old, washed up Tavon Austin. So, mm-hmm. non-factor. And like you said, with Hack, like I think we knew what we you get with him. How inconsistent he was like throughout the year last year. There was what it was more what? so
0: with Hack. To be honest, dude, it was more so not even the actual punts. It was him taking for it, forever to get the punts off. It. it started in Week One with the yeah. and I'm not saying it was his punt. fault. Yeah. I'm not saying it was his fault, but when you know the block putting against Pittsburgh, it seemed like it was always. When he punted the ball, I mean, he had some shanks. Don't get me wrong. Like, that factors into it, too. But it was more so, like, uh, it, when you're in, on, watching an NFL team, when you're punting the ball and when you're receiving a punt, you want it to be, like, stress-free. Like, all right, you're going to get the punt off, and you're not going to have to worry about a punt block. And when you're returning it, you want to have someone back there that's stress-free. You know they're not going to fumble it and muff it. When I was watching Hack, I was, like, almost stressed to be punting because it seemed like it was always, like, fumbling it or taking forever, getting his pop long, shanking it. Like, it was more stressful watching him punt. Like, it shouldn't be like that. It's like, just get someone back there that can just get the, you know, get it off his foot and get it out of there in, in, in some time here. So no more Matt hack. He was a one-year wonder in Buffalo. Um, But I think that's enough punter talk here. I don't <laughs> think I have much else on, uh, you know, on, on the bills kind of heading into the season. I mean, obviously next week will be the last preseason game um against Carolina. So I guess maybe that's more of an interesting perspective from not watching the bills, but from watching Carolina, maybe we're going to see Baker Mayfield. I don't know what the, quarterback uh, comp they, down there.
1: They they announced that he will be the starter week
0: one. Okay, so I guess he already won that comp. Maybe we won't see him play that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but that will be Friday, this Friday, 7 p.m. It'll be the Bills' only away preseason game, and then their last one. And then Labor Day comes up, a little bit of a break. Uh, and then, obviously, the Bills-Rams game kick off the NFL season. But like I said, at least we'll have some college football um, i don't know are you excited for college football this year i know you've never be- really been you know huge into it either have i but i've been getting into it a lot more this past couple of years i'm just kind of ready for it again
1: i mean i'm ready for football um yeah i mean it's just weird early college football isn't the same as like you know yeah the, match-ups but that's the aren't thing that's the
0: thing with college football it's is great that... for
1: it's great for betting but outside of yeah. that like
0: well it's great for betting but not even like that's the thing with these weird college football games, like especially in week zero, where it's like not the heavy hitters, but like crazy stuff happens in college football. Like right, there's still everyone always says they're still kids, which is so true. Where it's like you can have the lead of your lifetime in the third quarter that could be blown real quick. So I don't know, it's exciting. And and just the main thing is that it's real, it's not preseason, it's not, you know, spring games. It's like these are real games we're starting to get playing here. Um, and anything can happen in these games. Like I that's that's why I've gotten more into it. It's like I've never had a team, and that's why I've always been disconnected from it because like i like rooting for a team in the league but i'm just been coming like a, a more of a college football watch guy at this point just to see like all the chaotic stuff that goes down so um at least we'll have that to hold us over until the nfl season starts and then yeah i mean i'm, I'm just excited for obviously week one it's gonna be weird kicking off the season with the bills rams and um hopefully maybe the labor day weekend when um you know, there's no football, no preseason in terms of NFL. Maybe that's when we'll do uh, our season preview. We're gonna have to do that one of these weeks. Um, so hopefully, we can get Trent back on, or if not, if he can't do it for some reason, Ethan and I will probably do one regardless and just kind of run through the schedule. Um, you know, predict the Bills' record, maybe predict uh, you know interdivision record, that kind of thing. Pick what teams are gonna make the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> what? What's so funny? Nothing. <laughs> so. Uh, looking forward to the the season preview uh, podcast as always. But other than that, I got nothing else. You got anything else to add before we sign off on this on this episode?
1: Did you see uh, Jeff
0: Skinner and Malcolm Subban throwing out first pitch at the Bison's game? I did see some clips of that. Yep. Uh, I didn't see Su- Subban was there. He didn't throw out a pitch as well, did he? I guess
1: yeah. He was just hanging out with and Owen Power was there too. That was just cool.
0: Cool. Yeah. So it was, the boys are congregating back in Buffalo.
1: I know it's a, that's the one thing like around this time is uh, everybody's, you know, as they should be so focused on the bills, but hockey sneaks up on you. Cause I mean, you get into September and the week's starting to fly by when you get in the groove of football again, you know, cause you got the Monday night and the Thursday night and the Sunday, your week's kind of, you kind of like set your watch around, you know, football time. And then hockey sneakily going to sneak up on us here because what is it? the first or second week of october that the nhl starts this year i I was gonna ask you i forgot but
0: but i mean yeah it's right around there and it's and it's just honestly just reminding me of this is such a great time for sports right where you have the football season starting you have hockey starting and then you're gonna have baseball playoffs too and this year it's gonna be great for baseball playoffs with us because we're Mets fans and you know hopefully they stay in that lead but um it's just, it's just been the summer always just takes it out. Like I, you kind of forget like what those, those times are like, right? Like you have in the spring with March madness and football playoffs and hockey. Um, and then you have, you know, beginning of football season, hockey starting up and, and baseball playoffs. So we're getting right into that groove. And speaking of hockey, one thing I'll say before we end off here is, cause I know we talked about this maybe a couple of weeks ago when the trade went down for Kachuk, when Kachuk got traded to Florida for Huberto and Weger and we were kind of like on different sides of like who won the trade. Well, <laughs> since then, Huberdo and Weger both got extended. And then they signed N- Nazim Kadri. Like Calgary is going to be kind of nasty for their their windows the next two, three, four years. Obviously, these guys are on long term deals, which it could come crumbling down at the end of them. But I mean, Calgary is going to be good now. I, I think that trade kind of worked down in their favor ever since signed them a little bit longer. And now they got Kadri. It's kind of crazy how, you know, you got to give props to the Flames GM after, you know, Doudreau and Kachuk are both like, I'm out of here for them to be able to turn it around like this. Kind of impressive. And I think they're, you know, going to be all I could say is they
1: better win it within the next year or two because those contracts are going to be terrible in like three or four years. Yeah. But if
0: that absolutely the thing I was thinking though is like, if they win a cup within the next two, three, four years and they suck for the next five years after that, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So just a little thing that popped in my mind because Kadri was kind of the last, you know, free agent on the market, big fish in the nhl and um that finally got settled over the past few weeks but i think that kind of wraps up this episode we're only six weeks away from opening day in hockey yeah it just like you said it sneaks up on you because everything's so football focused and then hockey just kind of you know slides itself right in there but yeah um go bills go sabers as always uh thank you guys for tuning in listening in um and we'll talk to you guys next week i think that's all all we got here so we'll talk to you next week um
1: it's a motorcycle drive-by, baby, driving guys. I think it's about time we headed home. Walking on this tar road with my damn high hopes, country boys. a shade tree. That woman, she's my baby. I will be in Richmond by tonight.
0: With so much shame inside me, I just want to hide me. But they want to hear me sing my songs under lights. It's a motorcycle drive-by.
1: Baby, dry and kind eyes. I think it's about time we headed home. Walking on this tire road with my damn high hopes.
0: The country boys don't die alone.